Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. This is the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined here in Pennsylvania, our Pennsylvania studio with my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello. And uh, yeah, we are both in our Pennsylvania studio today. Unfortunately, Joseph Lasseter is not able to join us today. He had a lot of farm work to do, and he had a ton of uh, career, what do you call it, career investment opportunities yeah. that he was working on. That's um, That's recent, Yeah, recent graduate, he's busy. So um, yeah, well, by the way, Jake is also a recent graduate. So, you know, congrats on that. That's, that's very exciting. Very, very cool. So, uh, yeah, we welcome should, to we the should uh, graduate. Post my speech that I made for that on <laughs> one of our It was a good platforms. speech. It was a very good speech. You're Maybe. like working in some presuppositional apologetics there. Maybe even posted on our free speech platform. Hey, like, uh, you know, like the ones they can find by going to trdshow.net and yeah. uh, looking at all those platforms that don't censor us. Yeah. That's a great idea. Maybe Unlike they should YouTube. do that. <laughs> yes. Where our fourth episode was sent. You're getting you're getting the hang of this yeah. whole like advertisement segue thing. Yeah, just like, segue like, into a conversation. There you go. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So yeah, go to trdshow.net. That's where you can find a list of links to all of the many platforms that we're on, including Rumble, Odyssey, and Gab TV, which are the three video platforms that do not censor you like YouTube does. Don't forget, last week if you missed it, our episode four was taken down on YouTube. Don't follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Rumble, Gab TV, and Odyssey. That is where you will find uncensored videos, uncensored content, and uh, you'll get the truth and not YouTube's version of the truth. Uh, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, that's trdshow, stands for The Reformed Dissenters Show. trdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts about um, some of our thoughts. And uh, we have a topic episode coming up on Friday, and we would love to get some more topics from you. So if you have ideas, questions, anything you'd like to hear us talk about and break down from a biblical perspective and research more... Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to hear you. Today we are talking about the literature of the month, which is God and Government, Volume 2 by Gary DeMar. We talked about, we're talking about Chapter 9, which is what we read this week. Again, don't forget, our theme this month is the realm and authority of Caesar. So this month especially, or this week especially, we're talking about poverty. But before we get into that really exciting conversation, I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to talk about the verse of the week. Take it away. Yeah, and the verse of this week can be found in Philippians 2, 9-10, through 10, which says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall, should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And again, that is Philippians 2, 9-10. through 10. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jake. All right, yeah, and we talked a lot more about that verse on our Monday episode, but this is like on par with that Psalms 2 passage that we brought up a couple weeks back. You know, he's exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Catch that every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, right? And that falls right into Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, right? So, this is setting up and framing for us how we should approach all areas of our life, right? 
everything is under Christ. So we should be seeking to apply scripture to all of life, everything that we do. And today we're going to be applying scripture to the question of poverty, the, the problem of pro poverty. Um, where does poverty come from? What are the solutions to poverty? And, and what are some of the wrong solutions to poverty that have been tried throughout time that ultimately fail because they're not the biblical solutions to that problem? So to uh, kick it off, I want to talk about um, how the Bible should be used as our standard for handling poverty, which is kind of what I was just talking about, right? Uh, but from page uh, 376, Gary DeMar has a really great quote, and he said, the poor, as well as the prosperous, have a responsibility to follow God's law. The poor man must determine what the law says regarding his condition. It is possible he is poor due to his unwillingness to follow God's commands in the area of productive work, savings, and long-term planning. Um, and actually, that last bit was a question. He's asking, is it possible that he's not, because he's not following God's commands in these areas, that he is in poverty? So, poor needs to consider that. You need to consider that. And that's, honestly, that's one of the best reasons um, to advocate for the church being involved in poverty on a societal level, right? The church is the, the government. We've talked about the four governments, self, family, church and state, all of those governments equal under Christ, right? But which of those should be responsible for handling, handling poverty? Yeah. And because of the one of the reasons I just stated, I'm, I would argue that the church is one of the best governments to do that. Oh, certainly. Right? And the Bible advocates for that as yeah. well. We, we find passage after passage which says that that's the case and that's yeah. what should be happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when the church moves into handling that, how should that be done? Where should they go to find out how to do that? And this next quote from page 374, I think, really sums this up well. Gary DeMar said, The Bible must be our guide in determining the solution, not history, right? Unaided reason or the will of the majority, a political party, the tactics of guilt manipulators, or the misinformed. So none of those things should be our guide in determining how to solve poverty. The Bible should be. Those with good intentions will not bring long-term relief to the really poor if they fail to realize that good intentions can in no way supplant the blueprint God has given to solve the condition of the poor, end quote. And that's that's what we were going back to even last week, talking mm. about pragmatism. Yes. Like how the, without the Bible... Figuring it out on your own. Right, yeah. right. Without the Bible, we, we go back to... Um, well, what what has been done before? Yeah. What has worked? Yeah. All right, let's let's try let's out this. Let's try experiment. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And our experimenting has got us to our position today, in that, and and not because it works out, but because the people in power feel it works out best for them because <laughs> they get more power out Marxism. of the deal. Yep, that's right. Marxism. Yeah, really great point. Really great point. Um, okay, so, so for my next segment, I want to move on to Christians caring for the poor. So what does this kind of look like, um, practically speaking? And what are Christians called to do in terms of poverty and the poor? So on page 373, Gary DeMar states this and kind of sums this up pretty well. He said, God requires his people to care for the poor. And then he quotes Proverbs 14.31, which says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker. But he who is gracious to the needy honors him. And again, that's Proverbs 14.31. Gary DeMar goes on to say, It is not enough to look at the poor and their condition without considering why they find themselves in the straits of poverty. End quote. So again, this is going back to 
you need to ascertain why they are poor. Why are people in poverty? And this needs to be done on an individual level, which the civil government does not do very well. Let's face it, being personal and empathetic with people, they're not great at. It's almost as if they weren't supposed to do that in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. But what is one of the governments that is particularly good at that? The church, right? Yeah. They have the money to do it through the tithe, and they have the resources because they're totally dedicated to that, or should be. They are one of the best governments to handle this. So continuing on page 374, Gary DeMar said, Care for the poor must show itself in action that ultimately helps the poor and honors God. For example, the Christian is not helping the poor by merely feeding him. End quote. Um, and then adding to this again on page 376, Gary DeMar said, The poor over the long haul are not helped by making money available to them without needing uh, without needed biblical instruction in the area of management, stewardship, and planning. The poor man's condition includes more than lacking material possessions. He is a human being who needs to be treated as an, as an image bearer of God. Therefore, care for the poor includes respect for his dignity. So, uh, end quote. So, what's being talked about here is that you can't just give them stuff. Right, which mm -hmm. is what the civil government does. Yeah. Right, you have to instruct them. You have to help them. You have to guide them in their biblical walk. Teach them why it's important to have a biblical walk, to have that Christian walk, and to begin that. Right, if they haven't heard the gospel, that's a great example. Um, to give them that, evangelize them, and then teach them how they should now live as Christians in the church. Right. I mean, this this was the case in the early colonies because mm. they tried. They tried a form of communism at first. Yeah, that's and true. And they, they found out that it did not work out yeah. well. Yeah. And multiple people were becoming lazy because they they saw, oh, I don't have to work because everyone else is just sharing their stuff. I can just sit back, relax, and then just take whatever <laughs> other people have done. Yeah. And the Bible to, says if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, and that was... um. Um, one of the con colonist leaders actually quoted that mm. whoever doesn't work shall not eat. Yeah. And yeah. and that's really weird. And from that came about the phrase give a man a fish yes. and you feed him for a day. Yeah. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for life. Mm. No, I don't know if it doesn't exactly come from that, but it just reminded <laughs> me of principle. that. Yeah. Right. It's a principle yeah. that reminded me Giving of that. Giving them that motivation, that desire yeah. to work. Like, why should I work, right? Yeah. To keep them from going back into that again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. To make them a new creature in Christ. And if I could continue, yeah, if, go ahead. if you were going to move on to your next point, because no, I know ahead. what your next point is. <laughs> and I have a quote, awesome. which kind of can lead you into that. Do it. Um, but... Talking about, um, okay, talking about that work, right? What is that work? And we're, we're supposed to be doing work. What is those duties? Mm. Um, and my quote is found on page 374, which says, and I quote, Prior to the fall, the earth gave its fruits freely, and Adam and Eve understood their, res understood their responsibilities under God and realized the benefits of the tree of life. Adam and Eve's sinless state did not mean they were free from obligation to cultivate and keep the garden. Rather, the obligation to labor for their uh, sustenance was interwoven <laughs> yes. with yeah. the creation mandate. Mm. So, even before the fall, they were commanded to work. It's just, it, yeah. b before, before sin, it had less of the, um, the actual 
hard work ish. Mm. Yeah. But it, it it didn't have as much painstaking. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, two things changed at that point, right? I mean, first of all, there were thorns and thistles, so the yeah. work itself became yeah. harder. But also, man, now has a sin nature. Right. And Makes laziness, right. uh, idol worshipping, right? Yep. Not doing their work as unto the mm-hmm. Lord, which when you don't do it as unto the unto the Lord, you may not even realize it, but you're actually hurting yourself in the long run because right. you're going to lose your motivation. Right. Because you realize that if you're not doing your work as unto the Lord, ultimately it's if, it's cyclical, right? If there's no reason for you to do the work, you you feel as if yeah. the work is unneeded. For good reason. Right. right? Because it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. If you're not using your work to grow the kingdom right. of God, if you're not using it for his glory, or at least as a as a means to then do that, then it is worthless in a yep. way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You are doing it for nothing because within a hundred years, all of that will just be wiped away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, that was a really good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Jake. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so my next point, we're moving right through these. This is good. <laughs> my next point is I, I want to talk about the consequences that occur when Christians don't fulfill their duty. So when Christians don't take care of the poor like they're supposed to, what happens to them, the poor, and also the nation that they that the, all these people reside in, right? What happens? And by the way, I didn't come up with this. This is scary tomorrow. Like right. he brought up this topic and I was like, oh, cool. This is really great. So I pulled a couple quotes together that really speak to this well. Uh, but on page 378, Gary DeMar said, is there a resultant curse upon a people if they reject the gospel of Jesus Christ and fail to follow his commandments? The rise and fall of nations would indicate that there is. The Bible makes it clear that there is a direct correlation between obedience to the Christian faith and the virtual elimination of poverty. I thought that was really interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that last sentence again because that was crazy. The Bible makes it clear that there is a direct correlation between obedience to the Christian faith and the virtual elimination of poverty. End quote. Um, adding to this on uh, page 378, uh, Gary Damar actually quotes um, Chilton. Is it David Chilton? I think um, it's, it's just Chilton. Yeah, it is David Chilton. I have one of yes. his books down here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and this is actually a book that he wrote called Productive Christians in an Age of Guilt Manipulators by David Chilton. Um, so he said, in terms of biblical law, a culture that engages in long-term rebellion against God's law will sink to the level of abject poverty and deprivation. Deprivation, sorry. So, uh, end quote. So that was... You know, talking about when a nation goes away from the law of God, poverty is one of the the signs of that, right? When we've we've abandoned that, those sets of principles that God has commanded us to use to structure our societies, poverty is a sign that we've abandoned those things. It is a direct, there's a direct correlation between countries going away from the word of God and using that as their foundation, running away from that and instead using secular humanism and correlation between all of that evil and poverty occurs because of it. It's a direct result. Well, I mean, we we even talked about that subject in our previous book. I do believe it was the Confessional County talking mm. about the judgments, um, yep. the judgments yep. and one of them being poverty. Poverty, um, yep. yeah. Among, among a bunch of others. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, and poverty can occur for lots of different reasons. Judgment is one of them. 
But there are a whole host of other reasons that poverty can occur, why we can have poverty in a nation. And Gary DeMar actually lists all of these reasons out and then provides biblical doctrinal solutions to each one of these. So I'm going to uh, kind of quickly go through this list since we only have about 14 minutes left. Um, but I'm going to go through this list and actually list out what's here. And then I'll also put the verses up on screen. And I'd encourage you to pause the video and look up some of these verses and, and definitely research these a little bit more than we have time to get into today. So the first one on the list is laziness. Laziness can cause poverty. And Gary DeMar has listed several verses, including Proverbs 10, 4 through 5, also Proverbs 12, 24, chapter 13, verse 4, and also all of chapter 11. And uh, he said, the Bible makes it clear that hard work is necessary if poverty is to be replaced with prosperity. So that's laziness. Okay. Uh, talking about illness, he lists Mark 5, 25 through 34, and also Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 12 through 4. And uh, 14. Oh, yeah, 14. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're both looking at the same thing. It's yeah. really helpful. Uh, catch each other's mistakes. Um, so, uh, to as a solution to that, Gary DeMar says, when an illness saps the working ability and resources of the people of God, it is the duty of individual Christians, families, and the church at large to care for them. And he lists a ton of verses that you should definitely look up. I'm going to have these up on screen. Keep in mind, that's not the civil government. Yes. Yeah. He listed, he listed every government there except for the civil government. <laughs> um, yeah. Individual Christians, families and the church. Yeah. Because, so. and, and I mean, going even further thinking about why is it that the civil government, that this isn't their job because, well, we don't know exactly. They don't have the faculties to do that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because first of all, their money, they have very limited money. Should. And should have yep. very limited money, and it should be spent on the things God commands it should be spent yep. on. Yep. But also, if you think about it, and we, we talk about all these different um, causes for poverty, or causes for someone to be poor, and these are, these are causes for someone to be poor, someone needs to look at those specifically, and know that person personally. To mm. understand whether or not and Deeper how level. to yeah and how to correspond, mm. the civil yeah. government is so large over a large area yeah. that when when it comes to this sort of question, all the civil government can do is say, "We can give you money," <laughs> and Throw that's money at it. The problem and hope that it yeah. works. Yeah. Whereas a church or a family or an individual can go to that family, person, yeah. whatever, whoever yeah. it is, and see their condition, see mm. what happened, how yeah. that came about, and they can, they can directly look at that and then look at that and then choose their course of action. Yes. And they can know why they ended up, um, you know, why, why they ended up in this poverty, right? right. <clears throat> why did they end up in this position in the first place? Yeah. Looking through this list, these are the reasons why, which one of these is them, right. and what is the corresponding solution. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I put those verses up on screen for illness, um, but I'll also read them out loud for our podcast listeners, because, you know, I have that I have that duty to do for our yeah. podcast listeners. So, um, <clears throat> they are <clears throat> Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and also 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. 
Um, there's a few more, and I'm just going to list these out. And if you're a podcast listener, I'm sorry, but I'm going to put these up on screen because we just don't have time to go through all of these things. But I do want to put these up on screen because I think it's really important that we go through them. Um, definitely look up these verses. And if you're a podcast listener, go ahead and um, you can maybe pause this. Look this episode up on Rumble for this next part. This is really going to help you out uh, if you're looking for these resources or these or any other platform. Any other platform, yeah. For sure. Just that has video. Rumble's an example. Yes. It's a good example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, <clears throat> so one of them is, the next one is present-oriented living. And I'm going to put that all those verses up on screen. The present-oriented individual will squander his wealth on present desires while ignoring future responsibilities and opportunities. Hmm. Next is famine. And uh, so many verses for famine. So check all of those out. They're up on screen. And I mean... Real quick, we don't have a whole lot of time yep. left, but pre- present-oriented living, I do believe, is like the majority of our culture today. Mm, we, yeah. we again, uh, in the speech that I made for my graduation, I talk about how we see debt today as a way of life, mm. that we... Live we, for the now and not right, later. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it really is that, that ideology that... We only live once, so right. do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever makes you happy, because yeah. your happiness is the ultimate standard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, good point. Good point. That was a great speech, by the way. Good <laughs> speech. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, let's see. Famine. I'll have all of those verses up on screen again here. So, check those out, and um, just read a little bit of an excerpt for Famine. Gary DeMar said, while environmental factors contribute to famine, improper economic management or deliberate destruction of the environment is usually the cause. War, willful destruction of crops, communistic land control, government interferences by regulation or taxation, and currency debasement or inflation are the most typical causes. Therefore, man, playing God, is the greatest famine maker. And again, that's page 282. 382, sorry. Uh, Let's see. Next on the list is Judgment, which we talked about earlier. That's up on screen as well. Those verses, check them out. Gary DeMar said, Because the Israelites had forsaken God as their ruler, God showed them that rejection of his lordship meant judgment. God sold them into the hands of Israel's enemies when where tribute had to be paid to these foreign kings. And that's Judges 3, uh, verse 8, and also all of chapter 15. We have two left. First one is state intervention, which we've talked about at length, right? But those verses are up on screen as well. First Samuel 8 uh, and then First Kings 21. Gary DeMar said, Poverty comes on a nation when people vote for intrusive state policies. They think, in the long run, will not be destructive, but we ultimately know that they will be because that is not how the Bible has told us to structure our civil governments. <clears throat> Next is oppression. This is the last one. Those verses are up on screen. Check them out. Those who contracted to work for an agreed-upon wage should be paid promptly. According to the Bible, however, the poor can turn to civil government authorities, civil authorities, as a ministry of justice to force oppressive rulers, or I'm sorry, oppressive employers, usually it's rulers that are oppressive, but employers can be oppressive as well, to force oppressive employers to meet their contractual obligations to those they hire. So that was the full list. There was a lot there. But we got through it. That was that was good stuff. So we got a few minutes left to talk about some other things. I'm going to talk about one more, and then Jake has a whole topic that he wants to talk about. So I'll try to do this in like two minutes and get it done. Here we go. This is are really you talking about this topic, or are you talking about uh, the one that you brought up? That oh, was a couple uh, of quotes. 
Yeah, I'm just going to bring up some of these quotes real okay. quick. Yeah, from this okay. topic. So the next topic is other ways of alleviating poverty. So there's lots of ways of doing this, right? Um, but uh, on page 385, Gary DeMar specifically said, many in our day would say poverty is environmental or the result of exploitation by rich nations. The Bible, however, tells a different story. Poverty can be traced back to a nation's failure to keep the commandments of God. And Leviticus 26 and Deut Deut Deuteronomy 28 both speak to that. And that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Where that's part of the judgment um, part of that. But also on page 385, further down on that page, Gary DeMar said, Socialistic economic practices remove most people's work incentives since the state owns the means of production and reaps the benefits of the citizen's labor. Is there any wonder that socialistic countries must borrow from the United States, which is soon to be a socialistic country if it isn't already, and other countries that have remnants of a biblical economic base? And then see Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. Um, yeah, so that was good. Let me see. Uh, oh, page 386. This is one more I'll just add before I'll let you yeah. give it over. Um, the elimination of poverty can only come by the regeneration of individuals and the biblical reconstruction of economics. First, entire nations must come under the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's step one. Then, with that, the church is preaching on how to reconstruct our country, our culture, our society in a biblical way. Christians then get to work, and they make disciples of all nations. That's how you fix poverty. That's, in a nutshell, broad thousand-foot overview. That's how you fix poverty in a nation. Um, so there's a lot of other things we could talk about, but uh, I'm actually going to pass it on over to Jake, and he's got a topic that, uh, that he wants to chat about a little bit. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about communism. Ooh, communism. Sounds like a, a fun plan for a nation, right? Or even more, um, <laughs> better way to put it, the biblical approach to economic equality. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It's communism. It's communism. That's what um, it is. You can, you can put a fancy bow on it, but that's what it is. Yeah. It, well, not the biblical approach. is not communism. It's right. what economic equality also is. It's what does the Bible say about that? Yeah. yeah. But I digress. Going on, um, on page uh, 387, we find a quote um, and which says, God's word instructs us to care for the poor. Even our enemies are to be aided. Uh, we find in Proverbs 25, 21, If your enemy is hunger, hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. Mm. Um, I, I find it also interesting that this Proverbs passage is talking about very temporary forms of helping um, here. Mm. When, when someone is hungry, it's saying give him food. Mm. It's not saying teach him how to get food. It's saying give him food. Yeah. And from what we've all seen throughout these, this entire um, book, that we, we have to take this into account with the rest of the Bible and other things that have been, been said, um, that I'm thinking that this is sort of like when someone is hungry and they're starving, they need to have food. Immediately. Immediately. It's an immediate need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a spin on it. Someone can disagree. 
I'm okay well, with that. And I think also, I mean, I had another topic I'll get to later if I have time, but, you know, using aid for the poor as a tool for kingdom growth. So yeah. part of that is you feed them, but there's strings attached in a way, right? Yeah. You say, hey, we'll feed you, but come on into the church. Let us teach Certainly. you. Let us give you Certainly. instruction. We'll give you a presentation on this, you know, like, yeah. here's how to get a job from a biblical perspective. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's a way of helping people grow spiritually, feeding them physical food as well as spiritual food. Yeah. Yeah. Now, moving on, because uh, we don't have much time left. So <laughs> moving on, um, we also find on uh, page 387, and it says, Christians in need should be helped from our supply. Talking about the supply of the church, the, the supply of other families, individuals, like what was being said before in the book, earlier. Um, and he quotes a uh, another verse, But whoever has the world's goods and beholds his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? And that is 1 John 3.17. And and basically talking about that, again, what Gary DeMar said, we should be helping others from our own supply. We should be um, not closing our heart against another brother and always wanting to be helping and but he um gary demar goes even further to want to talk about um paul in second corinthians um Hmm. and how people misconstrued that passage in second corinthians 8 13 through 15 um and misconstrued that passage to mean communism is a biblical (laughs) um biblical way of economics but it's not, and he goes on to explain that. And this is not from Gary DeMar specifically, but this is from... Was it Chilton? Um, it might have been. Yeah. But well, it's this from is page... Uh, what page is it? Page uh, 387. Cool. So they can look yeah. that up if it's... Yep. <laughs> it's a quote from Gary DeMar from somebody else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and I quote, The equality intended by Paul in 2 Corinthians 8, 13-15 is simply that Christians should try to meet the needs of um, destitute members of the body of Christ, Mm. giving them what is necessary for their body. And that again, that is page uh, 387. So basically saying that it's not communism that's being taught here. It's um, Christians giving to help... um, to help destitute members, mm. right, and giving them what is necessary for the body. Um, and the next point is very interesting, and this will be my final point because we are really <laughs> low on time. Yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> um, but this will be my, my final quote, and this can be found on page 388, and it says, There are many who expose a forced economic equality by governmental action. The Bible makes it clear that the civil government has a very limited responsibility and no authority to dis- redistribute wealth from one segment of society, the rich, to another, the poor. <laughs> and again, yeah. that is found on page 388. Yeah. And in that, even so, even if, right, and as we saw in that last um, quote, that it wasn't, that's not what was intended by Paul when he was talking about what he was talking about yeah but he wasn't advocating for communism even 
even if that was the case, it's still not saying that that is the government's job, mm. right? It's yeah. certainly not the civil government's yeah. job to be providing this economic right. equality. And it's not it's not forced, to, right. which is one of no, the biggest things. No, certainly not. Yeah, it's it's uh, it wasn't obligatory. Right. Right. It was right. Uh, completely voluntary, mm-hmm. and it was used because they were traveling. Right. They were a band of traveling mm-hmm. Christians going around. Yeah planting churches, helping other churches grow. And, and that's when they used this system because it was just easier. It worked out well for them to travel that way and mm-hmm. to share things. So, yeah. 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 That was really interesting, that passage that's, like, commonly misconstrued. but Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up and looking into that a bit more. Very cool. So, if anybody tries to use this passage against, uh, against you to yeah. try and say that communism is a biblical economic... <laughs> Way, yeah. Go either to Gary Demar's. Go to Gary Demar's book. On page. Not, not either. Go to Gary Demar's book. <laughs> on page three hundred and eighty-seven through eighty-eight, nice. and it talks a lot about this topic. Nice. So. Very cool. Awesome, dude. Thanks so much. That mm-hmm. was really cool. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? We are low on time. So we are low on let's time. Let's keep moving. Right. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> Well, yeah. thank you everyone so, so much for listening to us or watching us today. Don't forget, go to trdshow.net or trdshow.net slash refer to get some free merch. would be super cool if you wanted to help us spread the word about the show and also earn a free t-shirt or mug at the same time. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We're really looking forward to hearing from you. And until then, we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do is unto the Lord.